Today we are starting in a new series. We are going to be going through the book of Acts. Um, it's, it's, it's a very long book, and so we're going to be breaking it up over the, the, these next few months into different sections. But we, um, you know, we had a look at the book of Acts last year, and we said, man, we've got to do it. And we believe that um, God has put us on a mission to carry a message to see his kingdom multiplied here on earth. And that is what we're going to be focusing on as we take a journey through the book of Acts. We're going to see the miracles and wonders that God does through the Holy Spirit in the lives of ordinary men and women. And we believe those things are still active today in our time. And that whatever we see and read in the Bible, God has got planned and in store for us as well. And so that is what we're going to do because this is the origin story. I don't know how many of you guys like movies. I love watching a movie. And then after like 12 movies, they're like, this is the origin story. And, and this is what it is. Acts is the birthplace of what we call church today. And it started with just a bunch of ordinary men and women that got together, that believed, that worshipped, and then decided we're not going to sit still. We're going to move. We're going to get momentum, and we're going to get on mission. And it impacted lives all across the world and across time, and here we are today. So, just a little bit of background before we jump into Acts, what we like to do is when we, when we go through a book, we want to make sure that we always know who wrote it, when it was written, why it was written at that point in time. And, and over the course of um, Acts, we, we will explain different parts of that. But today, I just want to talk about its author quickly. The author of Acts is a guy by the name of Luke. He is the same guy that wrote the gospel of Luke. The very interesting thing about this is he is the only Gentile to ever pen a book in the New Testament. And number one, so he's not a Jew. Number two, he wasn't a disciple. He was just a guy that was following the life of Paul, journeying with him. How many of you got mates that are always with you? Hey, that where you go, they follow. Hey, when you buy lunch, you have to buy them as well. This was Luke. But Luke was the one that paid for lunch. He's a physician. Hey, he, he, and, and what we will see is because he's a physician, a doctor, he, he pays, he gives a lot of time focusing on details of certain things. That was why you will find the book of Luke has more details about him, Jesus going to the cross. Because he wants people to know, listen, this is exactly what happened. So he wasn't an eyewitness, but he took time to research and, 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 and discover exactly what happened. And he is writing this to a guy by the name of Theopolis. Uh, for any of you looking for great um, names for boys, that is a lovely name. It is available. <laughs> Theopolis. So... But this is what I actually want to pull out of 
why I'm telling you guys about Luke, because before we even start looking at the book, look who Jesus uses to carry the gospel to the nations. A guy that wasn't included in the 12, that didn't walk with Jesus at a time, and he goes, this is what has happened, record it. And therefore, I want you guys to understand this, that no matter who you are, God has a plan for you, and you are on mission, and there's a purpose, and you get to carry this gospel, this good news, to tell people. Alrighty, so look at the person next to you and go, that's me. That's me. So there we go. You got to smile. You got to, you know, that arrogant stuff, you know, like, so, so you guys will, yeah, I talk a lot about my boy and my boy, my oldest son, he's all about him at this moment. He's a teenager. You know, he, he brushed his hair a different way and he goes, do you notice something different? That's all me, dad. That's all me. And so that is what we want to do is not out of arrogance, but you need to understand that if you are a child of God, you are included in this. And so you, your, your mission is not to be um, someone that is immobile and just sitting there. It's me. You get to do this. So we're going to pray quickly. We're going to read scripture and then we're going to unpack it. And then we're going to see what God's going to do in our lives. Is that okay? So Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray that as we start this journey today, that what we read in it, you will build in us. I pray, Father God, that you would just do what only you can do. Change us from the inside out. Transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of Acts, because that's where we're going to start. Chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read from verse 1. This is what it says. In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, this is a part you have to underline in this church. On one occasion, while he was eating with them. We love to eat. Because great conversation always starts around a table. And you're going to see a great conversation that starts at this moment that changes and sets things into motion. So, I don't know what you like. McDonald's, Burger King, Steers, Bry Place. Great conversation starts around food. And he gave them this command. A command. Listen to this. Do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about so, so many times. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If there was a single verse that I would like you to underline, you would probably think it was verse 8. And, and verse 8 is something that we should underline because here is the commissioning of what Jesus wants us to do. You will receive power and then you'll be my witness. But today I want to look at it from a different point of view, from a verse just one above. And as we talk about it, I want to talk to you from this subject heading instead of. As we get ready to walk through the book of Acts, instead of, is what we're going to be looking at. Because I could, I've used this example before, and I want to specifically use it today. I can use certain phrases, and it will stir up different things in you. Fitness. Gym. Load shedding. <laughs> Fuel price. What about this thing? Monday is only a few hours away. <laughs> now, 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 the reason I say that is because now as you think about Monday, as I say Monday, you think about certain things. You think about, oh my gosh, the busyness starts. You know, for every parent, it's that, you know, school run. You know, I don't have time. For others, you know, that have just gotten married or just left school, oh, adulting begins tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the morning. This is horrible. I have to continue gymming and lose weight. Why does Monday have to come? But instead of focusing on what is bad about Monday, can we change the way we think about it. Hey, it's Monday, I am blessed with work. Hey, it's Monday, my kids are getting an education and they are going to make a difference in the world. Hey, it's Monday, it's the start of a new week, a start that I get to work on myself to become better. And, and, and this is what jumped out of me, out, not out of me, out at me, while I was busy prepping for Sunday's message was, this in verse 7, sorry, verse 6, it says, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And you know what? Jesus doesn't answer them yes or no. You see, why they were asking this is because Everybody at that moment in time, all the Jews were waiting for the one that would save them, the Messiah. And remember, they first thought he'd be coming as a warrior. But what did he come instead of? He came in as a baby, as an infant. And then he performed all these miracles. He went to the cross to die for our sins. He rose again, and now he's getting ready to leave. And the one question again is, is this the time? that you're going to restore us. Their focus was once again inward. It was all about them. It's like, Lord, is, is this it? And Jesus 
response to them instead of worrying about times that only my father knows about. Instead of being concerned about yourselves, let's get you on mission. Hey, let's, you, you, I'm, I'm giving you a message and, and how's about you take it and you go and bring the kingdom to everybody here on earth. Let's multiply it because you see, you are going to tell everyone, not just the Jews, about who I am. It's not just about what we have here. It's about who is out there. And, and, and this is what Jesus is trying to tell them. Guys, it's not, I, I came to get you ready so that you can start a movement. What do you think of when I say church? You know, that's my wife. He has to. I pay her to do that. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but, we, but when we go Sunday church, do, do we go, uh, uh, just another day I have to serve? Just another day I need to not be able to sleep in a little bit late? I, I have to be at a place? Instead of thinking that, can we go, oh, Sunday, church, it's a place I get to meet with people that believe the same way I do. It's a place where I can be encouraged and, and, and worship my king, you know, not being judged by anybody. You know what? This is a place where, you know, even where I don't do things right, I can still serve. And Milo's not going to shout at me in front of everybody. Maybe afterwards. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Instead of just saying, hey, I'm coming to church, can we go, hey, I'm becoming all that God wants me to become? See, we are on mission to change the world, and it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. We come and we get encouraged to encourage. And this is the thing about this mission as we get ready. And, and I just want to pull a few things out on stuff that we should learn to do. And the first thing that I find out in the book of Acts is they are ready to see things change, but what does Jesus tell them to do? The first thing he tells them to do, instead of just running off and doing things, you just need to wait. Just take time and chill. Because what Jesus is actually asking them to do is, can you be obedient to my word? Because he goes, wait, the promise of the Holy Spirit is coming. It will be here in a few days. So can you just wait? Because God can do more with an obedient heart than he can do with a skillful person. Because when I rely constantly on my skill, it's all about what I can do when I put everything in God's hands in obedience, it's all about him. And so God is going, at this moment, Jesus looks at them and go, do you have a heart to just wait and trust me? And in order for us to be effective, we need to know that, hey, what is God asking me to do? Where is Jesus moving me at this moment? How is the Holy Spirit prompting me? And am I listening? 
You see, I don't know what the, the disciples were wanting to do at that moment. But remember, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about having staying power. And here, Jesus is going, you need to have staying power. Um, and, and it's not like, Lord, bless me kind of staying power. It's, you used to think about it this way. Everybody knows um, Wade Funnycat, um, Hussein Bolt. Okay, athletes. Okay. Um, so their thing is running really fast over really short distances. But have you noticed what happens? They, they get to the starting line, they get onto the starting blocks, and then they wait. They've got all this power in them. They've got all this energy surging through them. They know what they need to do, but they wait. What are they waiting for? They're waiting for the starting gun to go off. You see, they can't leave the starting blocks until the right time. Because what happens when they leave a little bit earlier? You, you know, firstly, number one, they have to restart. Secondly, there's more pressure on them, and they're like very flustered and nervous. And what happens? You get into your head, and you go, oh my gosh, I messed up. How am I going to do this? And number two, you can get disqualified, which means you don't run that race. And this is the same thing that Jesus is telling the disciples. And when we look at it, we need to understand that it's the same thing he's telling us as well. Don't just run off and do your own thing. Wait. I know you've got all this in you, this drive, this burning passion, this, the words, everything. But just wait a bit. Because sometimes we can run ahead of ourselves and we can land in a situation where things are just a little bit off track and it can make us wobble. Or we can jump the gun and get disqualified through certain things and the race we were supposed to run is over. And so Jesus is telling them, just wait, wait. How many of you guys know no one likes the process? We hate processes, right? We hate processed food. No, we love it. But the process is always painful. The process is always telling us, not now. It's not about you. Just, just hang in there. But this is what Jesus is saying. It's like, just be obedient. Hold on. Wait. Because we need the power of the Holy Spirit to operate and to move us. See, in the waiting, there is growing, there is prepping, there is learning, and last week we heard there's also pruning. In the waiting, the waiting is that whole work of where we need to be before we get released from the starting blocks. And so Jesus is going, you know, instead of just running, how's about you wait? Just take a few seconds, wait. Because once you wait, you will realize, this is the next thing that we want to talk about, is that the power that we receive comes from relationship and not any ritual that we could do. Because Jesus tells the disciples, the promise will be given to you that my Father said will give. But the only way they can get it is by being in a relationship with Jesus. 
There's no other way to receive the Holy Spirit but to be one who serves Jesus. You see, verse 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Like one of my favorite parts of the Bible. Joshua is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. You know, everything where, where, where it says, where you read, God says, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I won't forsake you. Because you guys know, uh, with Moses, he was God for us. With Joshua, he's God with us, Emmanuel. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he's God in us. And this is the power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. This is the power that God is saying, I'm going to give to you the power of salvation to lead people to me, the power of boldness to confess and tell people who Jesus is. And the only way we can do that is by relationship. Uh, We've got a car at home that uh, I, I don't like driving. It's really small. I don't know why. I just small. But if my wife comes to me and she goes, hey, babes, can I ride the car? What do I say? Sure thing. Here's the key. Why? Because it's relationship. And if Rudy had to come and go, hey, Milo, can I use your car? I'll go, of course. Here's my keys. Go for it. Why? Because we are in a relationship with each other. Not that kind of relationship, guys. We have a friendship, okay? And so I can give him my keys and he can go, and ride it, and I'll be okay with it. But if someone I don't know knocks on my door and goes, hey, can I use your car? (laughs) I won't laugh. I'll close the door. (laughs) And I'll hide behind it and go, the subscriber you have dialed is not available at present. (laughs) But but you see, it's, it's the same thing. It's all about relationship. It's not about rituals. Because Jesus speaks to his disciples who have been following, who he's commissioning to go and do the work, says, wait, you're going to receive the power. Because without relationship, there isn't trust. And this is the craziest thing. When we surrender our lives to Jesus... He immediately goes, hey, I trust you with my message. I trust you with this mission. And in order for you to get and do what you need to do and go where you need to be, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. It is yours to take. You see, this is something I need to make sure we understand. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. It is not an entity. He is God. And that is what we need to understand. He lives in us and works in us. He is the one that convicts us from our sin. He is the comforter that God has said to us to watch over us here while we are on earth. But he's also the power that ignites us to move forward. But we need to be in relationship with him. What drives you in the morning? And you're going to say, oh, coffee, my wife. I don't know. 
He is the power source that gets us moving. If you want Monday to change, what is your relationship like with the Holy Spirit? Are you getting up and connecting with God or are you getting up and running into the busyness of what is happening? Sometimes a Monday morning is the waiting period where you take maybe five minutes every morning before you do something to get into his presence. The Holy Spirit is the the one who works in us. I remember when um, in the church I met my wife at, uh, the pastor at the time, he would never say the Holy Spirit, and he taught us, he's like, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and he's like, but we always say the Holy Spirit, no matter what we're talking about, and we proclaim him to be a person. And he's like, we should just call him Holy Spirit which brings us closer to him. Because the moment we say the in front of it, it's almost like he's far from us and unreachable, but he's in us, with us. So it's Holy Spirit working in us. You know what people notice first when they meet us? Is whatever fruit we're bearing. And the only fruit we can bear is what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. So if we want to see the world changed, just remember, it's about a relationship. And then the last thing, can we put that last thing of verse 8 up? It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The last thing that we have to look at is you have to wait because you need the power so that you can be a witness. Remember how this conversation started? It started with guys, the disciples going to Jesus and going, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel, to us? And Jesus goes, no way, I am putting you on mission. I am getting you ready. I need you to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I spoke about this two weeks ago. Judea could be your circle of influence. Or should I say Jerusalem, your circle of influence. Where do you find yourself on a daily basis? Your home your work, your town. Judea, let's branch just a little bit further out there. Your city. How far do you travel within a day? From your work, to home, to school, to your social circles. Then we go Samaria, Western province. Man, I hear um, Gordon's Bay is very nice this time of the year. Hey, the North Coast, the West Coast. But then he goes, but think greater than that. They were so inwardly focused that they forgot to see the greatest scheme of things. That it's all about Jesus coming to save the world. Do you talk to people about your faith? 
I know there's a lot of reasons. I am scared. I never know what they're going to say. I never know what I'm going to say. Could start off talking about how Jesus loves you and end up with tea and cake. I don't know. There's always something. But when was the last time you just sat down with a bunch of your friends and spoke about Jesus then? Because where are you going to practice if you're not going to practice with them? I've got friends, you know, it starts off with talking about, oh man, did you see what happened this week? And then it moves over randomly to cake. I can move from cake randomly to shoes. It can move from shoes randomly to sports. But can we take the time to randomly move it to what has God done for me? Because if we want to be bold enough to go out and tell people, are we bold enough to tell the people that we are surrounding ourselves with? And that is what it needs to be like. We can't just... A lot of us are too scared because we think we aren't perfect enough to tell people about a perfect God. But can I encourage you, we're not asking you to ask people to follow you. We're asking you to tell people to follow Jesus. I am not perfect. Ask my wife. She might say, no, he is. They chiseled him on a breadboard in heaven. But when it comes to the things of the word, I try my best to follow it as best as possible. But I'm human and I'm flawed and I get things wrong. And that is why people shouldn't follow me. They should follow Jesus. So my life is there to point people not to me but to Jesus. The fruit that gets developed in me is not supposed to reflect how good I am but how good Jesus is. And so when it comes to being a witness, it's not telling people, hey, this is how I live my life. It goes, I get to live this life because of Jesus. And that is what it takes to be a witness. So we need to take time to wait. Because you might need to have things change within you as you get ready. You might be asking, Lord, Milo has challenged us to go and witness, but I don't know what I have to say. I don't know who to start with. And he starts working in you. And then you have to go a little bit deeper and go, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you. And then it goes, let's move. Because that's the thing about the book of Acts. It wasn't a place of being stagnant. It was a place of momentum. And that is what we need to see as we journey through this book. That this is an action that we need to do. And that is moving. And so what I want to encourage you, instead of going home today and just sitting down and getting ready for Monday. Can we go home and seek his face? Ask him, okay, Lord, how do we go deeper this week? What do you need us to do tomorrow? Fill us up. And the only way we can get it, the Holy Spirit, is to receive him. 
And I learned this one difficult prayer. I'm going to teach it to you guys now. And uh, you might need a pen or your voice app to record because it's really long. All you need to do is you need to go home, get into a posture, and this is what you pray. Holy Spirit, come. That's it. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Because we're going to get later into the book of Acts, and we're going to see that they did nothing but wait on him. And he filled them. And then we're going to see them move and speak to people, and those people did nothing, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. And then you're going to see later that those people moved, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. So all we need to do is make sure that we have a heart that is in tune with the Lord. Wait on Him and just say, come Holy Spirit. So instead of going through life as this is wrong, go, Lord, what am I about to learn? What are you using me for? Let us pray.